From the Tulsa world, this is the OU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Eric Bailey and Mason Young. Oklahoma's first recruiting class going into this Southeastern Conference has been complete up to this point. 27 players have signed letters of intent with the Sooners. Hi, Eric Bailey, Mason Young. Busy, busy week, busy, busy December. This was the signing class everyone's been looking at because it's the team that's going to help usher the Sooners into the SEC. Mason, uh, no surprises, I guess, for everybody's part, no flips. Uh, of course, they didn't flip anyone toward Oklahoma, but I guess no news is good news for the Sooners. Yeah, kind of went into yesterday just feeling this way and kind of saying this to myself, but oh, you probably needed a drama-free year after how crazy last year was. You know, you you thought they made a late push for David Hicks and you thought they might get in on him. Then everybody was waiting for Peyton Bowen to flip his commitment from Notre Dame to OU. And lo and behold, he flips it from Notre Dame to Oregon and then from Oregon to OU. Just so much drama last year that, that had people's heart rates up. The only thing that was really even comparable yesterday was... Taylor Tatum's situation with him uh, signing super, super late. Just it hit 1030. Brent Venables was about to get to the podium. 26 signatures were in. And obviously it looked like Brent was delaying his press conference a little bit because they were waiting on Taylor Tatum's signature. By the time he gets up there, it's still not there. And you could tell Sooner Nation was starting to get a little bit anxious of like, where is that signature? What is going on here? And it finally came through. Uh, during during Brent Venable's press conference right in the middle and he he took a pause to talk about Taylor Tatum and, and what he feels like that the number one running back recruit is going to bring to the nation and uh, bring to the to the table for the Sooners and uh, we'll we'll actually have a, a little bit more on him later today got to talk to Taylor a couple weeks ago when I went down to Longview Texas and we'll have a story on him uh, up on TulsaWorld.com this afternoon. Brent Venables with a 15-minute opening statement. You know, we're we're good friends on the OU beat. So before Brent took the podium, we took about 20 guesses on 20 different people took guesses on how long the uh, opening statement would be. I think did Radosovich win or I can't remember. I had the I forgot either it, him or Barry. It was him or Barry. Barry Trammell had 17 minutes, and I thought that was way too long. Very politic, saying that the addition of Taylor Tatum, the talk about Taylor Tatum in the middle of the press conference should have went to the opening statement, which would have given Barry the win. So congratulations to Eddie Radosevich on going, I think he went 15-20. Uh, Coach Venables went 15 minutes. But what did, you pick? what did you pick on that? I Gosh, I went seven and a half. I was way, way over. As soon as, yeah, the first four minutes, I knew there's no way I'm getting seven and a half. So I went, I went low, too. I think I went like four or five something. I just, I, I guess I kind of thought we were over the like 30 minute opening statements with Brent, but apparently they were back in full force yesterday. Well, of course, Brent had a lot to talk about and I tweeted this too. This is the fun thing for him is to talk about new players and just having the energy and talking about the process of how Oklahoma recruits, how it's a relationship built. Uh, I asked him a question about players he, he didn't get. Does he still keep good relationships with those players? Because in the era of the transfer portal, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, he really didn't answer my question. He wanted to, he, he, he went on a tangent talking about just how they go about the portal and what kind of players they look for and how they have to fit in. So uh, Brent wants everything basically talking about what they do at Oklahoma, 
but his, his excitement was genuine. And again, he had a lot to talk about. The Sooners finished number eight, according to on three and recruiting rankings. They were number seven for a while, dropped down to eight. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Miami, Texas, Oregon, Auburn, and Oklahoma. When you look at it, too, Oklahoma's number eight in the country, number five in the SEC. That just tells you how, how well this conference that Oklahoma is going into recruits uh, when you're fifth. Oklahoma is usually first or second in conference rankings. Uh, Mason, when we look at this, we're going to start with the defense because this, this defensive group is going to be very important to help Oklahoma get solid footing uh, going forward, not only next season, but for seasons to come. They had to bulk up on the defensive line. I think they did a really good job. Uh, let, let, let's start with the defensive line. Uh, just your thoughts on what they built, starting with David Stone. Well, obviously, and Brent Venables talked about this yesterday, uh, David Stone being a local kid from Dell City that went to IMG, but kept up a really strong relationship with Brent Venables over the last two years, even as he was in Florida, you know, sounds like a kid that just really loves Oklahoma from having grown up around it and wanted to to be back here to play his college ball. And Brent Venables outlined, you know, his, his commitment uh, a few months ago uh, was was pivotal in terms of bringing the rest of the class together. It it really kind of galvanized some things for OU, uh, especially on the on the defensive line. At that point, his IMG teammate uh, Jaden Jackson was already committed, but they didn't have pledges yet from Nigel Smith, from Melissa Texas, or from Danny Okoye, the Tulsa Noah product that that uh, we've been uh, chronicling the journal of uh, weekly at the Tulsa World talking to him every week uh, throughout throughout his uh, senior year at, at Tulsa NOAA. And, and so getting David Stone on board uh, uh, really helped bring in other pieces around him in that defensive line class. Brent Venables talked about there's nobody that has met David Stone that doesn't like him. He's just a leader of uh, other young men like himself. And so to have, uh, you know, that, that kind of guy – uh, galvanizing your class is huge and then also he's somebody that's it's not just talk he's obviously very talented being a five-star recruit and is somebody that is gonna you know probably push for playing time right away on, on this defensive line next year David Stone and Jaden Jackson have spent the last two years at IMG Academy and I had a chance to go to Orlando during the season and, and meet with them and you could talk we talked about just their excitement of playing together uh, I just remember specifically one play that we're both players made a, you know, they teamed up for a tackle uh, quarterback sack in, in the game that I attended. And uh, they both laughed and said, we're looking forward to doing that in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, uh, David Stone, so many expectations. And Brent Venables had something that was really interesting when he talked about recruiting. He talked about, he still wants these guys just to be kids. They're 18, 19 years old. They're, they're still kids. Don't get caught in the expectations. Go out there and have your best day that day. Don't worry about, don't put, even in even uh, your own expectations, self-expectations, don't get caught up in that. Brent Venables wants these guys to enjoy the process, enjoy college. And David Stone is going to come to Oklahoma with a ton of expectations. And we'll just see how he handles it. Of course, the talent is there. Uh, you know, it, it's it was their first five-star defensive tackle since Gerald McCoy back in 06. So this is, a, the expectations are automatic when you think of someone who hasn't, it's been 17 years since they got someone of his caliber. You mentioned Danny Okoye. I, I'm excited about seeing him, uh, you know, a homeschool kid uh, and uh, he, out of Tulsa. You're right. We chronicled him. We're going to have another thing in the paper tomorrow about just his 
a Q&A. Patrick Prince has done an excellent job with that, talking about Danny Okoye. We, you know, Wyatt Gilmore, uh, someone we haven't mentioned uh, on the edge, just a, uh, kind of a, a physical player who may be able to give some some, some contributions early, as well as Nigel Smith. Uh, you had a chance to meet with Nigel, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play as well. So this is a, this is a talented group. One of you know they needed to, to bolster that defensive line. They did it. Uh, looking forward to seeing who makes contributions next year. They only signed one linebacker, Mason uh, James Nesta, uh, and uh, he's a baseball player. I mean, <laughs> that was funny. Brent talked about his 90 mile an hour fastball, and uh, Brent, you know, had talked talked about Skip Johnson. Talking about how him and Skip work together on this because uh, Nigel or James Nesta is uh, as well as Tater Tatum are, are looking at playing two sports at, at uh, playing baseball and football. But uh, Nesta, you know, you look at the talent they have at linebacker, and I, they'll probably go to the portal. Uh, they probably need to get uh, some some more numbers up through the portal. But Nesta is a good person to get if you're going to have one linebacker. It's not a bad bad player to get. Yeah, in fact. Uh, Brent Venables talked about obviously not the uh, same size in terms of just sheer physical strength being built into a college player yet uh, as a certain OU linebacker uh, currently on this team who recently announced he's coming back for his senior year but Brent Venables went with Danny Stutzman for the comp of James Nesta so uh, you can tell that that they think uh, pretty highly of him and uh you know, you're right. I think they probably will need to add a, a linebacker or two in the portal, but uh, they're being very patient right now. Uh, it seems like, especially at linebacker and on the defensive line, uh, they're still kind of waiting for some guys who may yet get in the transfer portal. And obviously they were very active in the spring session next year. So, or last year. So having one linebacker is okay. And it sounds like the James Nesta was only a three-star. So it sounds like that they found a, a really potentially underrated uh, prospect there. And, uh, you know, obviously they went very deep on on a defensive line and, and the secondary in this class. And so you, instead, you know, you use the middle of that defense in it to be addressed by the portal and, and by development. Let's move to the secondary. And it's crazy when you look at the secondary, uh, seven players. Uh, this is where they went really deep trying to find new new faces and uh, secondary play has been improving with Brent Venables on staff running the running the defense. Uh, some familiar faces, or familiar names, excuse me. Eli Bowen, younger brother of Peyton Bowen, uh, Davon Jordan from Union, and Jeremiah Newcomb. Those are the cornerbacks. Had a chance to talk to Davon Jordan and uh, his coach at Union, Kirk Frederick, just raved about this kid. Not only on the field, but off the field. Just a compassionate kid who can really. Uh, turn it on on the field and uh, coach Frederick said you just can't see many players that can turn it on and off like that so I'm looking forward to Davon Jordan seventh seventh player under Frederick to uh, go to OU a nice little union high school to to, to OU pipeline uh, and we mentioned Eli Bowen uh, Peyton Bowen and Eli Bowen are going to be reunited on on the field that'll be exciting to see the, the two brothers and then Jeremiah Newcomb um, coach's kid uh, you know, and you wonder about his, uh, what he's going to be like, but wh what do you think about Eli Bowen and Peyton Bowen having two Bowen brothers in that secondary? Yeah, it could be a lot of fun. Obviously, you know, Peyton Bowen bothered by an ankle sprain toward in the second half of uh, this season, but when he played was as good as advertised, you especially think back to the things he did on special teams early blocking punts against SMU and against Iowa State. 
Uh, you know, he's definitely going to be somebody that's that's going to push for more playing time at, at safety next year with with Key Lawrence transferring out, with Reggie Pearson being out of eligibility, the the three-man crew of Billy Bowman, Robert Spears Jennings, the Broken Arrow grad, and and Peyton Bowen are going to be the guys at safety next year and bringing a bunch of, of guys along with them. And uh, could we see him, him playing alongside Eli Bowen at some point? It's very possible. Obviously, OU has a, has a lot of depth in, at corner, uh, but it's all young depth it's guys that are, are kind of still finding their way. So it'll be definitely really interesting to see how quickly Eli Bowen can, can rise to the, to the cream of that crop, uh, whether it, it takes a few years for him to get on the field, or if he's somebody that is able to kind of break through that group and, and, and contribute right away. A lot of decisions still to be made at corner because you brought in Dejan Malone from San Diego state. You'll be curious to see how he fits Obviously, Gentry Williams is going to get some run if he's healthy. And we're still waiting on a decision from Woody Washington about what he's going to do for next year. So cornerback looks really good. And and they were already, uh, you know, deep in numbers there. Uh, now they're even deeper in numbers. It's just a, a lot of young guys that they're going to have to continue to bring along. Brandon Hall has done really good work on the recruiting trail at the safety position. Of course, we named some of those players just now. You went through the list of some of the players that have played at, at, at safety for the Sooners. And Brandon Hall goes out and recruits four more safeties, and uh, including Michael Patterson-McDonald, who's from Westmore, uh, a really nice in-state pro project for the Sooners. But uh, Michael Boganowski, Jaden Hardy, and Reggie Powers, and I know you you've written about Pat Hardy. I'm looking forward. To, I haven't got a chance to read your story on Hardy, but uh, Jaden Hardy's a, an interesting safety for the Sooners. But this is important to continue to load up. You mentioned some of the guys that Oklahoma's lost via uh, attrition, so it's time to see what these young players can do and, and kind of throw them into the fire a little bit. Uh, looking for Powers and Boganowski just to be really those physical safeties that Oklahoma's starting to get in, uh, a la. You know, you, you remember some of those old the old days. You wanted safety was those physical players. I think Oklahoma's trying to find that again. And again, we talk about it. You can't talk about it enough going to the SEC. You need to have those type of players. Uh, but I think Brandon Hall. I, you know, I, we talk about these players. Brandon Hall has, deserves really a, a slap on the back for the work, work that he's done on the recruiting trail. We don't talk about Coach Hall enough, but I think he's done a really outstanding job for the Sooners. Yeah, and, and just the development as well. I mean, think about how much better Billy Bowman has become year over year and still feels like he has a, a lot of work to do and Hall is the guy that can continue to get him there. And obviously we're starting to see Robert Spears Jennings emerge too. He had some some really good games toward the end of last season and some really big hits on special teams this year. I mean, just knocking return men out. So yeah, I mean, Brandon Hall is, is definitely one of the other, you know, underrated coaches on this OU staff. And uh, honestly, like to see the way that he's he's stuck around has been really impressive because you kind of wondered if this might be a short stop for him at first, but it seems like he's really settled in at Oklahoma and, and you know probably doesn't have any intentions of going anywhere as long as Brent Venables is here at least at least from from what it looks like on paper. Let's move over to the offensive side of the deal, uh, quarterback situation. Uh, two quarterbacks. Uh, how often do we see that? Of course. Uh, with only one scholarship quarterback returning, I think it was important to, to get some quarterbacks in. Michael Hawkins and Brandon Brendan Zerbrug 
who bounced around. I think it was Northwestern uh, flipped from Northwestern to Oklahoma. I think that those these two quarterbacks are important uh, to back up Jackson Arnold, who of course will get his first start as a college quarterback in the Alamo Bowl against Arizona on December the 28th. But it was so important to get these big quarterbacks, uh, these young quarterbacks into the system, uh, dual threat quarterbacks, both of them. We're, we're starting to see it, see what these, you know, I think they're going to count on Jackson Arnold's legs a lot in this offense moving forward. And Hawkins and Zerberg bring that same dynamic. Uh, you had a chance to talk to Michael Hawkins, too, when you made that big trip to Texas. You've got some great stories out of your Texas trip. Uh, but these are two quarterbacks, Oklahoma excited about sounds like Brent Vittable is excited about not only their throwing ability but ability to run with run with the football I think the big thing with Hawkins is and this is kind of how I chose to write about my conversation with him is he's a guy that's embraced competition at every level when he was a high school freshman he was at Allen which you know a very renowned program in Texas a mega stadium lots of tradition there with everything that Kyler Murray accomplished there and uh, Michael Hawkins coming in as a freshman at Allen was ninth on their depth chart at quarterback. And, and funny enough, the uh, starter for that Allen team was General Booty, who will now uh, probably be Hawkins' teammate and, and position mate at OU. But uh, Hawkins, by by the, his sophomore year, uh, had become the starter, going from ninth to starter, uh, going into his second season at Allen. He just embrace the the work that it that it took to get there and it was a similar situation uh this year as well he transferred to frisco emerson high school for his senior year because of some off-field stuff that happened uh in allen and and he was obviously frisco emerson's best player it's a young program that had only had a football team for two years and he and, and his brother malik were i think the only guys on the entire team that had power five uh offers but talking to their coach Kendall Miller about it he said you know uh, that job wasn't just handed to Michael Hawkins when he transferred in like he had he had never met Michael he didn't he he maybe watched him a little bit but he he didn't know him at all and and there had to be that trust and and that opportunity had to be earned and so it's going to be really fascinating to see just how quickly Michael Hawkins can climb the ladder at OU you know it looks like, as of right now, Davis Bevel and General Booty are going to still be in the room next year, but they really haven't contributed uh, much. Obviously, Bevel struggled in the limited action that he had uh, when Dylan Gabriel was hurt last year, and and Booty hasn't played at all since coming to OU. So it'll be really interesting to see, can Michael Hawkins come in right away and essentially win that backup job and, 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 and put – Really, can he even push Jackson Arnold uh, in a sense? I, I, I will be very fascinated to see how that, that pans out. And, and Zerbrug is a guy, too, that that it, it will be, again, very interesting to see where he lands in that room in terms of the pecking order, uh, you know, at the end of the spring and, and going into, into fall camp. Taylor Tatum, as you mentioned a little while ago, of course, kept everyone on pins and needles to the last moment, signing his letter of intent around 1035 Oklahoma time, allowing Brent Venables to discuss his recruitment. Uh, but Taylor Tatum is, is the number one running back in the country, according to uh, recruiting rankings. Uh, Oklahoma, it's a position where Oklahoma really needs more stability, needs that playmaker. Taylor Tatum brings that to the Sooners. Uh, Tatum 
from Longview High School in Longview, Texas, rushed for over 1,400 yards uh, and even threw a touchdown pass this year. Had 23 total touchdowns, threw a touchdown pass. Um, again, we talk about that trip you made to Texas. When you saw him, you got a chance to, um, to to visit with him a little bit too. So I think that's pretty cool. And of course, if you can talk a little bit about what Taylor says. And then Xavier Robinson, a uh, kid out of Carl Albert. Uh, he's a local kid, another in-state kid that a lot of fans will be familiar with. Yeah, uh, he's he's he committed to the Sooners early last summer, and so you knew that Xavier Robinson was always going to be in the mix. Uh, so we'll see what Xavier can do. But this this recruit this running back room, I mean, you you brought two talented players into the mix with uh, with uh, Xavier Robinson and Taylor Tatum. Yeah, Taylor Tatum, Brent Venables talked about him yesterday, describing him as a home run hitter at running back, a guy that can take the top off the defense. I think the Sooners are going to be very excited to add him to that room. Talking to Taylor, uh, it was funny. He he described how DeMarco Murray, the relationship he's built with who will be his position coach at OU, but kind of the way that DeMarco shaped his ideology in terms of what he was looking for in a school and that wanting that, you know, smaller, more communal field than big city so much. And I said to Taylor, I was like, okay, well, come on, man. It's a little bit more than that, right? You know, you and you and DeMarco were both down to OU and USC, and you both picked OU. And, and he said, yeah, I I knew about that. Uh, and obviously he knows, you know, he knows he knows a lot about the OU tradition as well. Uh, going to going to Longview High School, you know, that's where Trent Williams came from. That's where Malcolm Kelly came from. You know, Taylor has met Trent before, and, and Malcolm Kelly – actually recruited him some uh, at TCU. And uh, it, it just seems like he he really loves uh, everything about OU and, and, you know, wants to to follow in the footsteps of, of DeMarco and of Adrian Peterson and a lot of these other uh, great running backs that had played at OU, but also a big fan of Kyler Murray, obviously with what he did in the two sports space, playing football or playing baseball and then, taking over as, as the Sooners quarterback and winning a Heisman trophy. Uh, so, so Taylor Tatum, you know, has, has every intention of, of playing both at OU and, and maximizing his opportunities in, in both, both sports. And then you mentioned Xavier Robinson, uh, obviously just a local kid, a, a very, one of the best players in the state, a very good running back at Carl Albert high school, won the state championship this year. And it's, it's funny. He will be, He's essentially kind of kickstarting this little uh, pipeline that that Carl Albert has uh, to Oklahoma. There's there's three commits in the class behind him. You got Kevin Sperry, the quarterback, the quarterback, uh, Trene Washington, who's a wide receiver kind of tight end uh, mix, and then and then uh, Marcus James, a linebacker that that committed to OU a couple months ago. Uh, Carl Albert is is suddenly is suddenly becoming a pipeline for OU and and. Robinson is going to be uh, kind of the the first guy to to get things rolling, and we'll see what he looks like when he gets to campus in the spring. You talk about taking the top off uh, with Taylor Tatum. I think that Oklahoma signed a uh, wide receiver that I think can really take the top off of things too. Um, it uh, when we look at um, Zion Carney, four two eight. 40 at a TCU summer camp. 428, Mason. I mean, that's I, nice. of course, of course, we don't know who's we don't know who has the 
has the stopwatch and it was it yeah we we don't know what was used for that but 428 is at least 435 four, i'd say uh, you you got speed i think that that's huge so I, I really i'm looking forward to seeing carney play i mean that's the one at oklahoma they need that guy that can stretch the field uh, you saw that a little bit. You didn't see it that much. How much downfield throwing is Seth Luttrell going to do? I mean, that's that's the curious thing. But um, when you look at the kid out of High Tower High Texas or High Tower High School in Fresno, Texas, and Zion Curry, I, or Carney, I think that that's huge. Um, picked OU over Arkansas, LSU, Nebraska. I, I think that he leads. When we look at this wide receiver group, he really is the guy that I want to keep an eye on. But then you got Ivan Carrion, you got um, KJ Daniels, and you got uh, another Zion, Zion, and I don't know how to say his last name. I'm going to take a shot and say Ragans, Ragans, Ragans. What do you think? Brent Venables pronounced it as Ragans yesterday, <laughs> as, if, as if there were two G's. So um, I am off. I am but I, well, I definitely thought it was Ragans too. So, but anyway, wide receiver, I think this was a group that it's a really good group coming in. And I think it's going to be someone that can help the Sooners, a group that can help the Sooners. Yeah, I mean, Raggins is also a track star. I think he's won two state championships in the 200 or in the 100 and one in the 200. Another guy with a lot of speed. And then uh, with with carry on, uh, he's just big, isn't he? Like six, seven. I mean, he's 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 going to be tall, come in taller than any other OU receiver on the roster. So, uh, you know, you like that that red zone weapon profile and Daniel's another guy that that's you know got some quickness and has just been committed and, and loyal to OU for a long time and yeah a very good group I, I'll be curious to see how much those guys can contribute this year uh, just because obviously that that room is very deep with the transfer addition of Dion Burks with Jalil Farouk probably coming back and definitely getting back Nick Anderson Jaden Gibson and hopefully a, a healthy Andrew Anthony recovering from his ACL injury uh, that 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 group is going to be deep with a lot of talented veteran guys, and obviously Jaquez Petaway was a freshman that we thought early this year might uh, get to contribute some, and that ended up really not being the case at all. So you know, can any of these four guys that they're bringing in uh, as signees push for playing time? Uh, it could be tough just because of the the veteran depth that OU has at that position. Probably the offensive player most intriguing outside of the quarterbacks and Taylor Tatum is uh, Devon Mitchell from Los Alamitas, California High School, 6'4", 245, tight end. It's a position of need for the Sooners. They really took a step backwards this past season at that position. I think they needed that quality player to come in, that quality recruit, and they got him in Devon Mitchell. Uh, he's a top 10 tight end according to all recruiting rankings. I think you know he's as high as number three according to ESPN. It's going to be important for Oklahoma to have that kind of player. Who And I think we see this more often with, with OU, and we'll see if it's used this way with Latrell. Not only an outstanding uh, guy with the football in his hands, but someone that can block, someone that can be physical at the point of attack. You look at his size, again, 6'4", 245, he, he kind of fits, fits the mold for that. So how important do you think it was to sign a tight end of his quality, not only to get him on campus as a freshman, but for years to come? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, we know tight ends are a commodity. We look at the NFL, right? We see Travis Kelsey and, and TJ Hawkinson and these guys, and there's just not a lot of, like, amazing, amazing tight ends that are great at all things in terms of, uh, you know, inline blocking and and also route running and, and pass catching and whatnot. 
and so, yeah, Devon Mitchell is huge. Obviously, tight end was a huge hole this year. I, I want to say uh, the Sooners collectively, that tight end room uh, combined for less than 300 receiving yards and only two touchdowns this season. I mean, just just abysmal production from that group relative to the year before when when Braden Willis was, you know, an all Big 12 type player and a great leader for this team. It just uh, you can't you can't underestimate just how much a good tight end can do for you. And, and so getting Devon Mitchell is, is, yeah, as you said, huge. And and I'm curious to see, you know, they got Bauer Sharp, the Southeastern Louisiana transfer the other day. I, I think that could be a really good one-two punch for them. I think, you know, Mitchell potentially is, as the young starter, that's, you know, a really good, just a really good receiver and, and blocker and Sharp, Sharp looks more of like a, a Swiss army knife. He can catch some passes, but, you know, Southeastern Louisiana also used him a lot out of the Wildcat last year. He had five rushing touchdowns and over 300 rushing yards out of the Wildcat. And so uh, it will be interesting to see how Joe John Finley, you know, toggles uh, those those two. But uh, like those two over anybody else they have in the room, I think they're both going to play right away and play a lot. Finally, we'll go to the offensive line, which after this month of December, we've seen uh, departs, departures to the NFL draft, and we saw a surprise in Caden Green, who uh, will play at Missouri next year. It, this was turned into a, a serious position of need, not only to get quality players on the roster, but just get some kind of depth. I don't know if Oklahoma's done that yet. We're going to see them hit the portal hard. We've already seen them hit the portal, but uh, we'll look. They signed five offensive linemen uh eddie pierre louis eugene brooks isaiah autry okay i'm gonna butcher this name daniel akinkunmi that's that's got it yeah yeah that that's that's a big thank you to the the ou uh roster and then josh and help me out again asosa 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 okay so <laughs> once I get the name, I only have to spell it right in the paper. I don't have to say the names right. So I only have to make sure I spell it right. But this this group, uh, you know, of course, you're looking at guys that might be able to contribute, but it's going to be interesting to see how quick they can develop. You know, Caden Green as a true freshman to play as much as he did, I think that's not the norm. Uh, and uh, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you're hoping that one of these guys, if, if possible, can take that same blueprint and find a way in the starting lineup uh, the one that I'm really keeping an eye on is, you know, Eddie Pierre-Louis, who was the last commit of this 27-man commitment list. And then uh, from London, England, this is pretty cool. Uh, Daniel, and I'm uh, you, you say it this time. You, Daniel Akinkunmi. Akinkunmi. I think coming from London and, and Bill Biedenboe goes overseas to get an inter some international flavor to the uh, offensive line. I think that's big. Uh, but, you know, beyond the storylines, of you know how they came to Oklahoma, I think this is going to be very very important for this group to contribute and provide not only contributions but important depth at those spots. Yeah, I think the two you're watching are, are the two I'm watching as well. Akin Kunmi, just his story is just so cool. Said to be right, I believe OU's first international recruit, and Brent Venables had high praise for him yesterday. Said he feels like he's somebody that's going to come in and make the program a lot better right away. And with Pierre Louis, I mean, just just the size. I mean, he's huge. He's he's like 330, 330 pounds. I mean, uh, I would be very surprised if he doesn't start at guard right away. 
Uh, and obviously they have, you know, they have some talent. They have some depth with some guys that haven't played a little bit. I think we're going to get to see in bowl season just how confident are they in the offensive linemen that they recruited last year. I think we're going to get to see a lot more of, of Josh Bates uh, at center and and potentially get to see some as well of, of Heath Ozeda and and of Logan Howland and, uh, and, and some of the other guys in that room. You know, Jake Taylor is a guy that's, that's left over from uh, the Lincoln Riley uh, days that hasn't played a lot yet, but, you know, still has uh, some potential, you know, people really, uh, really like his, his skill set. So uh, going to be fascinating to see who they plug in at, at center and, and right guard uh, in the, or left guard, excuse me, in the bowl game, uh, replacing Andrew Rame and replacing Caden Green. And, and I think that, uh, that will probably tell us a lot about uh, where the the current sophomore or, or current freshmen and, and sophomore classes are and what that means for the potential of the freshmen that they've signed to contribute immediately next season. All right. Well, Mason, we made it through another signing day. 27 players. Uh, I'm sure we'll see some portal activity uh, in the near future as well. I don't think Oklahoma is finished yet. But we have an idea of what this group's going to look like going into the SEC. Uh, Mason and I are excited about following uh, beyond not only the signing, but these players beyond. Uh, Mason, can you talk a little bit about the stories you got coming up this weekend? Yeah, just uh, just just writing about Taylor Tatum this weekend and, and uh, some of the stuff I got from him uh, during that trip to Longview, talking about. Uh, his relationship with De- DeMarco Murray and, and why he chose OU and, and also his, his relationship with Skip Johnson and his aspirations of playing baseball. So you can look out for that. I think that's going to be uh, hopefully online today or tomorrow morning and then uh, in the in the Tulsa World print edition uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to write about David Stone, of course, the five-star defensive tackle and, you know, just his importance uh, just to be on this roster and how really how he his uh, commitment uh, really helped draw others to him and people want to play around the best players so I think that was huge David Stone understands the expectations that he'll have again Brent Venables is not going to want him to just live and die on those expectations he wants him to be a, just a, a player a kid but uh, for Oklahoma fans this is the type of player you need when you go in the SEC uh, that's the story I'm going to have in Sunday's print edition. And like Mason said, my story will probably be up before Sunday as well. So, all right. Well, everyone out there, thanks so much for listening today. Have a great Christmas. Mason and I will arrive in San Antonio Christmas night. Uh, we have player and coordinator availability on the 26th, which will be our first chance to interview new offensive coordinator Seth Luttrell. On the 27th, both coaches from Oklahoma and Arizona, both head coaches will be available to the media. And of course, the game is in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome on Thursday, December 28th, kickoff 8.15 or 8.20. And I, I got an email saying it could slide to 8.25 if the game before it, the Kansas State game at the Pop-Tarts Bowl goes long. So we're looking at a late night, of course, on Thursday, the 28th. But as always, thank you so much for listening to us. Everyone out there, have a Merry Christmas. Appreciate it a bunch.